because it was busy and it was fun and it was unique. So welcome uh, on Chrissy. I'm so excited to recap with you and, and get to have had that time with you this weekend. It was so much fun and it was so much fun being in my parents' hometown and Alvin and having the clinic there, like everything just worked out amazing. Um, we had so much fun in Alvin. Did you have fun? Yes, your hometown has like got the biggest heart for disc golf, bigger than any other town I've ever like. Yeah, I go Alvin. I had a blast. It was hot, but it was so much fun. It was. I was joking with Catherine because I was like, even though I live in Austin, like my parents are in Alvin. So I feel like I have like a I'm like an honorary member of Chicks Chasing Chains and the Southern Birdies and all of you guys, even though I'm not really there. I'm like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm I feel you. I mean, I grew up down in Angleton, which is like down the road. So yeah. I, my heart is in Brazoria County. So it's like, I love to see the South grow and has it. Yes. I mean, they had 35 women there. So many. Yes. We had a full house on Saturday and it was hot. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize that I was getting uh, cooked out there. And then we went and played around later on that night under the lights. And I was like taking my bag on and off. And it was kind of like rubbing against my arm, like as I was taking it off. And I was like, ow, like that hurts. <laughs> um, because apparently I had gotten sunburned throughout the day. Um, but as far as the clinic, I just want to say like major kudos to Catherine Leach for putting everything together. It was so organized. It was so seamless. Um, she had everything planned like down to a T huge shout out for Chick-fil-A for lunch. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know many people who don't like Chick-fil-A. So we all got spoiled with that. Um, so it yeah. was like the best meal after such a hot, like, um, being out there, but yeah. So Catherine and her team, the Southern birdies, I know it's Lori, you have Alicia, Susie, like they yeah. are such like, they have come together and, um, I keep on saying it like they knocked it out of the park. Like it was so yeah. seamless, as you said. Mm -hmm. They have amazing chemistry and they work together really well and they're really good. Um, you know, they're really good like teamwork, which is really cool because they're also competitors, you know, Alicia and Susie and Catherine are always battling it out in FA2. And so for them to be able to like take that, you know, off of the like competitive field and, you know, turn on that friendship and that camaraderie and come together for the greater good. Like that is the epitome of growing the sport. And, um, like, I just, you know, I love them so much and this weekend made it even like even more concrete. And I think that South Houston is making a name for themselves as far as, you know, the ladies in disc golf, um, so how many, okay. So Meredith, how many clinics does that make that you have like been a part of or like coached or done anything like that? Well, it started with Pixie Courtney Cannon back at, uh, a few okay. years back. So I was just new to the FPO um, division, but I still helped. I think Haley and I did a 
pretty much what I did this weekend. Um, that's why I did it this weekend because it started with that, um, helping yeah. out at Courtney's uh, clinic, um, which then later inspired um, me. So when I finally was like, okay, I'm, uh, let's do this. I thought back to Courtney's clinic. And then, you know, I've had multiple people reach out and kind of ask me, you know, how to help. And I really feel like each is going to be different to their, to their own. Um, but it's so fun to, you know, help them and answer any questions or even, you know, cat would be like, mayor, oh my gosh, this, I'm like, it's okay. Like you just walk it yeah. through and, and she's like, thank you. I just feel so much better. Um, so it's, there's, it's, yeah, that's only, that's three, I guess. Okay. That's amazing. I, I try to make it a goal to like participate. I've never run one before ever, but I have helped like coach, I guess, and teach in several. And this was my third, third, second one of the year, I think after yours. And then I have another one coming up in July and I'm really excited because I feel like with every one that I do, um, I can convey my, like coaching a little bit better. Um, I felt like I, I try to take things that seem to work from each clinic before and like, you know, just kind of build on those things. And I felt like in this one in particular, like I had some women walking away with four hands who like never even thought they could do it. And so it's, rewarding feeling for sure. Um, because a forehand is not a natural, uh, motion. <laughs> if you're not, if you don't start with it, I think if you start right. with a backhand and you try to learn a forehand, it's like, oh man, it's just so difficult. Um, but I was just blown away at everybody's willingness to learn and to just like put themselves out there and to try it. And, mm-hmm. um, especially in the heat. So like not only yeah. hats off, Catherine and her team for putting it together, but for the 35 women who came out there hungry to learn and, um, no matter what the conditions were. So what a great day it was. <laughs> it was. And now those women that weren't familiar with getting out with other women, now they see, and they connected and they, they see it's not just guys. So, yes. Hey, let me ask you in July, isn't the one that you're doing in San Antonio? It is. Yeah. Okay. I've been talking with her. I was going to go. It's just my family vacation, but um, yeah, it was really cool. Jay connected with us. And so we've been talking. So I was bummed to not be able to make that, but you're going to, you know, kill it out there. I love it. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch you in your flick and learn something. I like the format that they're doing. The clinic starts at nine, I think. And then the mini is at like nine 30 or nine 45. Um, but they're keeping it like really short and then kind of going straight into a round. And the plan is to do like a series of these clinics, um, instead of trying to fit like a whole bunch of information into one day and overload these women with like, you know, so much information that they have to go home and just like really like sink, like absorb and think about and stuff. We're going to try to do like, I think one a month or every other month. And so I'm really excited because that means that on one day I can talk about footwork on one day, I can talk about you know, grips. Another day I can talk about, you know, throwing an Anheuser versus a Heiser. So I can kind of break it down a little bit more and not overwhelm them with information. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how that structure, um, is going to work and find other ways to kind of like implement the same, you know, uh, structure into, um, some of our Austin events too. So it'll be really good. I'm excited. Cool. That's brilliant. I love that idea. 
But moving past um, the clinic on Saturday, so that wrapped up for me around 2.30. I was not brave enough to stay out there and play the the back tag match that the girls did afterwards. Like, I was just, like, spent. I was like, I've been talking for, like, three and a half hours. My voice is going hoarse. Like, I need to go home and recuperate. So I went home and, like, took a nap and ate some food. And then at 8.15, 8.30 at night, met up with – Chris and Hemi and my husband Neil came and we played the other Neil. <laughs> we have another Neil on our show tonight, but my Neil. Um, and we played a doubles night round under the lights at Briscoe, and it was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Um, we ended up doing lefties against righties. <laughs> so me and Hemi were a team and Neil and Chris were a team, and uh we only got through 14 holes before cut the lights off on on us um because i think we were spending as much time looking for discs Mm -hmm. as we were definitely that's an issue out there hadn't it hasn't really happened to me there before like that there's a lot of undergrowth and and your husband knows a lot about that kind of stuff so it was cool it was cool walking and talking plants with neil you know got lots of plant issues in my backyard Neil felt really bad. He was like, oh my gosh. He goes, you know, at the end, like on the last three holes, they were all my throws that we were just spending like all that time looking for. Um, but that was so much fun. Thank you guys for making the trip. I know it was a long drive. Um, so thank you for coming down. That was really fun. Yeah, it was special. Um, it was awesome. And we really uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, playing underneath the lights. I hadn't done that. Plus being up that late and bringing my wife out as well. It was definitely yeah. uh, enjoyable. Yeah, we had Elizabeth. a great time. It was, and, it was uh, beautiful out there. And your parents, too, um, Chrissy. That was cool having them out there and all the yeah. dogs. It was Wonderful a whole thing. Lots of yeah. mammals. Lots of mammals out. Yes. <laughs> the dogs were so good. That I just was a blast. I had a good time. And there was some conspiracy that some lights were sabotaged or maybe programmed. <laughs> <laughs> to go off at a certain time as if we were scared you know that they could take the last two or three holes i can't remember what i think we were, we were on a comeback shoot. don't call it comeback we were on our way me and neil I yeah know. come back come back here and help me find this disc uh, you guys we did that a lot that's for sure <laughs> that was your comeback true no hey, i think we were just lucky that at the end of the round me and him he couldn't hit water if we thought of a boat man yeah, we were missing yeah. all of our and that, that continued on into uh cutthroat as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey before as, we get as meredith witnessed hey Hemi, before we get into that i also want to talk about a little bit y'all talk about the south side Next week, we have a very, very, very special guest from the South Side, somebody that Hemi met and I met about uh, this time last year, maybe a little bit before that at the Greater Houston Open. He came on the show then after winning his division at that time as well. But congratulations to the new United States amateur champion from down south, Mr. Robert Burridge, also a Gorilla Dog Disc Golf member. We're going to have him on along with your 2021 Nacogdoches Open player, Freddie Mesa from our north side. We all know him. Freddie's incredible. Cannot wait till next week. Congratulations to both those guys. But I want to go ahead and throw a shout out to them before we got into that cutthroat because we also want to give a big shout out to the juniors that we're sending to the world's 
we're not sending them. We were a small part of it, but what Chris Fennell and that group has done has just been incredible, raising all that money for those family, for those five kids going. Congratulations. You all deserve it. You all earned it. We can't wait to watch y'all for sure because we will be watching intently because we watched y'all grow from the beginning. It was incredible this weekend, even though it was very, very hot. I mean to tell you, starting at 2 o'clock and not ending till 7.30, my whole body was just drenched wet. It was awful. Plus all the sabotages and all the mulligans. It was just made for a really long day. But what an incredible event we had there. But Hemi... We have an incredible person on this e evening as well. I'm going to let you do the honors. I'm just amazed that we were able to get him on the show. Every time we have a Hall of Famer, someone like this on the show, it's just amazing. So you can take it from here. All right. Yeah, this is somebody I've really had a lot of respect for for a long, long time. Course design, um, as well as his artwork and his play and just being a, in a, a general weird guy, you know, <laughs> that I liked, I like hanging out with. But anyway, we're lucky enough to have um, Neil Dambra number 200 and uh, he can fill us in on the, some history. Let's see what's going on with Neil. Thanks for joining us, Neil. Hey guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, first of all, I'm not in any hall of fame, but I appreciate that comment. But hey, who knows? Someday, maybe, or something. I don't, it. I don't know what. I don't it. <laughs> so, uh, great show. Good to see you guys. Chrissy, do I owe any more money from gambling losses? Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like we need to do a quick tally up. <laughs> <laughs> we had a $5 thing going on from tournament to tournament when we played the same format. And I think she's up like six to one, but that's okay. So, I told her she had to put her name on her shirt as a sponsor. Since I'm paying yeah. her $5 a tournament. Time, so. we, we're kind of in a dry spell, though. It's been a while since we've played um, in the yeah. same tournament. Well, so we, I'm in we Seattle right now. I'm at my son's house. It's his 30th birthday on Thursday. Oh. And I was lucky right. enough to um, have a tournament on each side of his birthday. So I played in um, up in Shelton. Have any of you played Shelton before? I have not. Unbelievable mm -hmm. course. Number one course in Washington. No matter how good or bad you're playing, the scenery, the trees, the plants, the it's just amazing. Just if you get to Washington and play Shelton Springs, it's just incredible. And next this next weekend, I get to go to Sela, which is out a little bit further out uh, east, and it's more desert-like. So I'm going from 55 degrees and rainy to 85 degrees and sunny in one week. It's it's amazing. Go to Washington, play disc golf sometime. It's it's just wow, wow. Yeah, definitely. Is it uh, windy out there, Sela? Uh, I haven't been to Sela yet. I'm going to okay. get out there Friday and uh, do, do a warm-up round, of course. And, I would imagine. But it is on, I heard it, was a, heard it was a temporary disc golf, a temporary ball golf course set up. So I am not really don't know really know what to expect. The uh, name of the tournament is Expect the Unexpected. So I'm expecting to not expect what I expect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like yeah. Hey, no, before we get started, I have a question about uh, those wonderful pictures that I was able to find. Uh, looked like they're from back in my days in the 70s when Hemi and I were young men as well. And we have quite a few older gentlemen who love the ultimate. I mean, Alex Hughes down here, if he doesn't have one before each round, throwing up the air and chasing around like a crazy man, he's not warmed up. But can you kind of fill us in a little bit about your history and how you kind of got started into all this? 
Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I started as a Frisbee player, you know, back in the seven, mid seventies, we were just Frisbee players. We just did the events and all the different sports as part of being a Frisbee player. It wasn't like I was an ultimate player, or I was a disc golfer, I was a freestyler. You just kind of did it all. It was just like, you know, you were, you were a Frisbee player, but as time went on, kind of the, the different disciplines, disciplines kind of separated and they got their own, uh, they end up with their own, uh, you know, following and we used to all know each other back then and uh we uh would all do this the stuff together and then um now over over the last 30 years since everything's grown so big in this sports it it kind of you know we don't really get to see each other any that as much anymore from discipline to discipline but yeah so i played in uh overall events and um and i went to the i got invited to play in the rose bowl a couple times and I uh, met a lot of the great players there and, you know, that was a lot of fun. I got in the ultimate demo. Uh, I was on wide world sports uh, um, in slow motion, falling on my butt, playing, playing guts. It was pretty embarrassing because I had a bunch of friends over to watch it and they got a big kick out of that. They showed the same scene of me falling on my butt, missing a guts catch, uh, like from five different angles. And it made it look like I totally blew the game for us. And uh, we actually beat Foothill, who was the world champs. Um, but that was an interesting story because I, uh, I wasn't really a guts player, but I could throw real fast. And I, I tried for the demo because I knew it was going to be on Wide World of Sports. And um, they said, okay, Neil, you're the first alternate because they couldn't catch my throws in, in the practice round. So the day of the, of the morning, no, the night before the Rose Bowl, Wide World of Sports, Chow Rotman, a Chicago player, he dove trying to catch an MT and broke his collarbone. And so Joe Youngman and Don Wilczek come up to me and they go, Neil, you're in the guts demo on the Rose Bowl. And I'm like shaking like a leaf. Oh my God, I'm playing against Foothill. And he goes, don't worry, we'll put you in the middle and we'll protect you on each side. Joe and I will be on each side. Just get your hand on the disc and uh, for deflect it and we'll catch it. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. And, uh, you know, it was my only guts match in my life, but it was on national TV in front of 30,000 people in the Rose Bowl. It made it look like I blew the game, but we beat them. But the good thing was that the last throw was that they showed in their editing was Tim Selinski catching a disc and tacoing in his hand. It looked like Tim won the game and I lost it. And it was great. So it was, it was really a fun experience. And then all my friends got a big kick out of it because I was like all like, hey, I'm going to be on wireless sports and all I'm doing is falling slow motion. Of course, I was about 120 pounds, long hair. You know, it was a lot of fun. Check it out sometime on YouTube, 1979, I think, uh, uh, the Rose Bowl. So that was pretty cool. cool. So from there, and then I uh, went to some, you know, the national tournaments around the country and I never played ultimate. And then uh, they said, well, hey, after we were done with all our field events, they said, we're going to have a little ultimate pickup game. And so we, they said, go try this game, Neil. And I was relatively athletic, relatively athletic back then. You know, I was a wrestler in high school, this and that, ran a lot. And uh, I got out there and I was covering John Kirkland. And I planted and I went long and I scored a goal on John Kirkland. And I was hooked on ultimate. So that, that was pretty much my first love in disc sports. And I kind of stayed with it. You know, I knew disc golf would be there when, when my body couldn't handle ultimate anymore, but um, it was a lot of fun playing ultimate for a long time. And that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. It's a, a lot of wear and tear. Um, it's a lot like, it's a lot like basketball. You probably have similar in, injuries 
Yeah, I'm, I have no ACLs. I, uh, I lost my second ACL at the World Championships in St. Andrews. I, was, I worked really, really hard to get in shape. And I was swimming like 60 laps like every other day before the tournament. And I was like just incredible shape, best shape of my life. And I was already like 45 or something. Or in the game before the playoffs. And I plant, I turn, I to catch a goal. And uh, this player from the Red Lights, which is the team from Amsterdam, probably figure that out. But they, uh, he just dives on the back of my leg and tears my ACL. It was, it was so disappointing, but uh, that's the way it goes. Uh -huh. Yeah, a lot of, it was a, it's a rough game in your body, but um, it was, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was a great experience. So thanks for uh, pointing me to the PDGA's kind of historical um, inputting or whatever you call it, the project that's going on with, uh, I guess that would be Roddick. Yeah, I think it was uh, several people, Hunniger and a few others. Uh, they did. They went back in time and they uh, took all these written records because sure, that's pre-digital and, and everything else. I mean, there was email. I mean, was, I know it's hard for the young people to imagine that, but we did everything by telephone, by sending letters. Uh, you know, the, all those old letters that we all got inviting us to things, and those are all they're going to be collector's items. I mean, they're you know they're just things that you don't see anymore, and. Um, so yeah, that was uh, pretty cool that someone took all the stacks of paper and went through them and re-entered them into the PJ website and kind of uh, recorded tournaments from the 70s and, and mostly from the late 70s. And wow. I didn't, I mean, I, I, I looked at those, those lists and I played with, you know, I mean, Ed Hedrick was in the, in the tournaments, Roddick, Malafranti, I mean, all the old, guy it was great it's great that they that they put that in there. it's it's nice to you know that they acknowledge that uh that that time in disc golf yeah the first one i clicked on i think it was at 76 world championship or something like that frisbee or i don't know what, what ifa I, I think it was ifa and, yeah. and you beat dan by one stroke Yes. And I think it was a, a tie for fourth or something like that. Good yeah, finish. no, that was Octad. That was that was Octad, I think, in New Jersey. And then the IFA, I took last place, but that was okay. Hey, I was there. Was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was he was cool there with that. like some, you know, the makers of Innova, you know, like and people oh. involved with that. Donna oh, Pace, yeah, yeah, all those guys. Yeah, Donna Pace and Harold Duvall and absolutely. Man. Well, Actually, for me on one of the that. Duvals was on the Foothill team in that Guts game I was talking about. So uh -huh. that was kind of cool. Yeah, we kind of we got on Facebook and had memories about that. He thought they won, but I'm pretty sure we won. But according to Wide World Sports, we lost. So I guess that's <laughs> official. You know, the media controls. So <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Is that a is that a piece you painted behind you? No, this is actually my ex father in law. I'm at my son's house in Seattle and we all have one of his paintings and very nice. Beautiful. Like yeah. It. Thanks for asking about that. He's yeah. uh, he passed away recently and um, his paintings are all now um, for sale and they've been going pretty quickly. Most of them got sold, but he's, he, he specialized in Texas landscapes and I mean, they're just phenomenally beautiful. Cool. Yeah. It looks like big spring. Yeah. I'm not sure where it was, but it's a little town right here. Uh, you can't really probably see it on the camera, but it's an amazing painting. But uh, yeah, if anybody's interested, I hope you don't mind me plugging that a little. Not at all. There's a few paintings left, 
and uh man they're amazing so are they framed like that i like the frame oh too. yeah a lot of them are flame like that they're he did those himself too the framing that's so cool yep, i like that. pretty I've cool never seen them done like yeah that. now that's one of his best ones he, but there's a lot of cool stuff there just go to his website you'll see some great paintings but yeah he was a great artist can you, oh can you see yep. that? Is that that yours? i did that, that your logo piece? So I did I that pulled, logo. Dave Nesbitt, and I, Dave Nesbitt and I worked on that card deck. He did all the gathering, all the information, all the players and all that. But that was uh, one of my uh, favorite designs I was able to do. Awesome design. So. And I, I just like randomly found it one day and then posted it. And uh, Elaine King was there and Jay, a lot of people, Dez, people that we've already talked to on the Fling Show. It was a, a hodgepodge of that. Who, who made, uh, were you involved with picking who was on the cards? I know. I, you know, I was just getting back into disc golf at that point um, from playing ultimate for 25 years. So I didn't even know who, I hate to say it, but I didn't know who Greenville was. I didn't know Elaine King. I didn't, really didn't know any of these people because my world was ultimate. And mm -hmm. I was, you know, after that was done, I was slowly making that transition between the two sports. And uh, so I had nothing to do with Dave Nesbitt. That was his idea. He put it all together. It was a great project. And uh, um, yeah, I was glad to be part of it. But yeah, that was an interesting piece of art. I had actually down, I actually found a bunch of old 60s posters from, uh, you know, uh, rock concerts, like uh, Hayden Ashbury, all that stuff. And I just kind of took elements from those and, and created that piece of art. So probably the one I spent the most time on, honestly, and, but it was worth it. What's your medium? On that one, uh, I actually did that digitally. Um, that I was already working uh, digitally by then. Because uh, okay. I think it was, probably, it was probably Illustrator. It has that feel like you know an old T-shirt uh, at an old T-shirt company, you know, where they used to do them by hand. And yeah, well, I I tried to to kind of replicate that in the art. One thing about digital art, you can make it look like anything. You know, you can antique stuff look like that. But you're an artist too, so, um, you know. You've done some amazing things I've heard as well, but well, I've never seen something any on the graphic <laughs> side. I've done, I've done a couple things, you know, for tournaments, uh, mostly in Kansas mm -hmm. and just kind of struggled through the computer. <laughs> so I stick yeah. to acrylic painting and stuff. Yeah. Now it's uh, the, 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 the working on computers pretty forgiving. You can make a lot of changes. Yeah. Well, what about um, Brock? We, the course that you designed here. You know in, in... what? Yeah, I posted. Uh, that was a great project. Honestly, anyone could have designed a course there. I think it turned out really well, but the, the environment there is amazing. It was an, a former golf golf course. It's in East Houston. Uh, it's a neighborhood that they're really that the city's really trying to revamp and bring back up again. Um, Brock Park was a golf course that got washed out. The a giant bridge was actually washed down during Harvey, but they brought it back. They rebuilt the whole thing. Um, it was supposed to open a few months ago, actually last fall, but there were some issues that the pipeline, there was a bunch of pipelines going through there and they wanted to kind of do check all those out first after the, the flood and all that, just to make sure it was safe before they reopened the, the park to the public. And then after that, after they got through that project, they realized there was mold in the clubhouse. So they had to take the whole clubhouse apart. So it's been a few delays. But uh, I think it's going to be something uh, the local players are really going to enjoy. I know that Griff and the and the uh, the, the guys down there are going to uh, run some tournaments there, and it'll probably be something where um, you know they'll tie it into some other uh, courses around there and do. And so 
I'm looking forward to the first tournament out there myself, you know, so uh, hopefully it'll happen uh, pretty soon. I did when I was, when some people posted uh, some questions about it, actually today, I called the park uh, supervisor guy. I mean, he's the, he's the administrator of park development. He's not the director of parks, but uh, he said that they were actually having a meeting this Thursday um, and they'll probably have a better idea when it will open. So when I find that out, I'll spread that news for sure. And, um, you know, but I think we're getting really close, but yeah, I think yeah. everyone's going to enjoy it. It's not a huge park. I mean, it's not a huge course. It's about 6,000 feet, 6,500 on the longs and 59 on the shorts. Um, but it's a beautiful place. It's a lake. Watch out for the alligator. Um, in the, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a, a popular spot for sure. Yep. Well, um, I just wanted to remind everybody about a really great course that used to be here and see if there's any possibility that that would ever come back is uh, the Lynx course. I don't think so. No, that was, I, I was yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I did that with Don Wilczek actually. Um, and that was kind of one of my first, you know, what I would consider, you know, something I can say I was lead designer on, but Don and I did it together. And, you know, I would say, let's put the basket here. He'd say, no, let's put it 30 feet closer to the water. There was a lot of plastic. He, he just wanted to make it. And it was, it was really cool like that because it wasn't just risk reward. It was risk, lose your disc reward. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved it. And it was, it was grueling for a lefty too. I got to say there were some, some holes that would make you throw into that water or, you know, force you if you turn, you know, if you didn't get it turned yeah. over. Right. The, the property itself they planted about 600 trees out there. So the potential of it being a disc golf course again, as far as the environment there is, is definitely uh, um, possible. But, you know, I think the city has kind of resolved that it's more of a family type of, they put a playground in a bunch of trees and walking paths. But, you know, for a temporary tournament out there, but the water's gone, the water's gone, Dave. So they'll, uh, that's gonna make it a little bit easier than it used to be. But it still okay. has potentials, of course. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we enjoyed that spot. I loved that course. I loved making trips out of there. I was playing with playing a lot with TJ and uh, Jim Kelly and just loving, you know, needing a course. I needed a course that challenged me. This is not too long after I moved here. It's before Northside was even stretched out. Yeah, Lynx um, was then, it was actually part, it was part of the Texas State Championships in 2008. I I was able to I lived in Quail Valley then and there was uh, two ball golf courses and one was closed down and they let me use that course for, I put three courses on that one golf course and then the links. The other ones had to come out that were on the ball golf course. They started redeveloping the ball golf course, but the links stayed in for about five or six years, I think. So that was a lot of fun. I think Eric Jubin um, was keeping track of how many discs he lost in the lakes. And I think he was up to about 75 or something before. <laughs> I'm sure he got a lot of them back, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it was a brutal course, but it was a lot of fun. We had, we all had a really good time out there. Yeah, and then there was Inwood. Yeah, uh, I was I was there a little bit with you on that, putting some baskets in, and got to see how yeah that, how you design a course. Derek's yeah. thing. Yeah, he, I I think Derek did most of that. Um, yeah. Uh, but I helped when they put Stace in there. I kind of you know I tried to influence that a little bit. I'm not sure if I improved it or not improved it, but okay. Um, I thought you know, that, that was that, your that, design from start to finish, but no, 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 no. That was that was mostly Derek. I just got involved when when states got put in there. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. But my uh, I just finished the course in um, 
well, the one in Brock is the one I just finished, but um, I did one in uh, upstate New in Long, Long Island. I don't know if you guys knew this, uh, called Cedar Beach, along with my friend Ernie Martin. And uh, we, uh, that was the first course on Long Island. Long Island has uh, like 7 million people essentially within an hour, you know, because it's New York City. And uh, we, we looked for months for a place. And Discraft actually gave me lend lease 21 baskets to start disc golf on Long Island. And so they're sitting in my mother's garage. And it was like, get these things out of here. And we finally put them on my sister's property. We searched and searched and land was so tight around there and everything was so restricted. And we finally found this little beach course, which was a ball golf course. And they, and we said, can we please design a course here? And they go, we don't know. Da, da. So we brought all the baskets out on wheels. We had a tournament they loved it. And then the course is still there. So if you go to Long Island, play Cedar Beach, oh, um, cool. it's kind of a small course, but it's the first one. And it's uh, uh, watch out for the poison ivy though. <laughs> It looks like we're also getting some questions on our YouTube channel. Ask Neil about the lamp post disc golf course on Rice University and a straight <laughs> slush in Oslo. <laughs> Thanks for you to allow Oh my God. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I played disc golf before baskets, obviously. I mean, we, my first tournament, I played in Rochester, Paul Mary's course during, you know, the seven mid seventies. And we, we used, sticks in the ground or chicken wire surrounding the sticks those it was all kinds of things the, the, the idea of a basket was not really we didn't even imagine it then I guess it was in the works I guess Hedrick was in the middle of in his head he was developing it but we didn't see it then and so uh yeah object golf was the way to play it was a little bit difficult you'd put like two pieces of tape on a, on a pole on a pole or a tree and you had to hit between time rice and uh um we had a nice course going around there unfortunately i uh one day i threw a disc and broke a window in one of the one of the um the science building or something and that was a little embarrassing it was like i left a note but they never got a hold of me so it was all good but yeah now rice was fun and they had a Or, or the it was something like that but it was you know it was 10 cent beer to beer um day so we enjoyed ourselves a little bit there too after our rounds but yeah polls at bryce that was a lot of fun yep so was a lot was, of was a uh, disc golf ever for you like your number one sport or was it always just kind of i'm doing the ultimate thing and then I'm, or did you have a moment well, where you were uh, just like yeah, this is it. Did we lose him? I think so. Girl, uh, mm -hmm. What happened? There you Good? go. There you okay, go. Okay, sorry about that. So yeah, but I knew disc golf was always waiting, and I, you know, it's it's uh it's my number one sport now. But um, you know, ultimate took precedence for while my body could handle ultimate. But then um, I knew disc golf was waiting, and it was just kind of waiting there, and, and I knew that I'd be there eventually. Um, I guess my disc golf time is sort of slowing down. I'm in 66 years old and about to hit the legends division or whatever in a few years. So, uh, but it's you know what it's a uh, 
I see all these old guys like this weekend. We had eight 60 year olds. It was a great time. Met a bunch of new players out West here. And those guys, all of us, we're in such better shape than a lot of people that are our age because we just play disc golf and we walk and we, mm-hmm. we throw. And it's just an amazing activity for older people. That It's just, you know, it, more people should do it. It should really be encouraged for older people. So it's just, it's a walk in the park, you know. And we, I walked 10 miles in two days, you know. That was, that was a lot. Of course, my son was caddying for me. made it a little easier. Go ahead, sorry. Hey, before we get too far away from that Rice University, now that is funny because I lived in the Montrose for about seven years. And I, the first time I took one of my girlfriends out to Valhalla was that bar that was on the campus of Rice where they had the 10 cent beers, which I loved. Only two campuses in the state in the United States have bars on them. Kansas was one of them and Rice was one of them. But I used to love disc golf. And I remember the first disc I had, we would go out to Rice University and I saw those trees with those, uh, those uh, that tape around it. And I always wondered what that was, but <laughs> we had already seen other guys throw at it. So we thought it too was like an object disc golf. So how funny is that years later that I get to meet the person who put those things up there? Yeah. That's, that's quite yeah. entertaining, but Rice Me is and- a beautiful <laughs> campus anyway. So it's a perfect place for it, other than the students walking around, which sometimes made it uh, a little more difficult with the, with the with the you know modern disc i would not recommend playing on any campus at this point i mean you know it's just literally too yeah. dead but we were we were throwing different kind of plastic back then. yeah we found frisbees yeah 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 yep. it was great yeah a lot of different places i at syracuse i play i went to school at syracuse and uh played with uh flash eberly he got me started in this in this sports really you know i was just like was love throwing frisbee Bought my first frisbee in 68 i had that same frisbee for four or five years before i had another one probably threw it a million times played every disc sport with it um you wow. know mta it, it was crazy i still have that disc hanging in the wall somewhere in the garage at home but the whammo? Um, yeah it was a whammo pro 190 grams i could throw it 300 feet with backhand sidearm I mean, you, you got one thing about discs that people don't understand is that you really get used to any disc you pretty much can use it for almost any golf mm-hmm. shot. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, you know, to a certain degree. I mean, of course, you used to I take can't it to throw the beach it. and those winds and be able to still control it when I was in the seventies and eighties. You would throw that at the beach in the wind and still be able to get it to your friend. It was amazing. Yeah. Now I can't throw. Now I can't throw those things at all. I know. Now it's like throwing a paper plate; just flips right over. It's like what? Yeah. I was so good at this. <laughs> but I tell I tell new players. To, if they want to learn how to throw, get a light disc and just throw it. Just throw and catch for a while. Get yeah. the idea. And I, you don't have to do that for very long. But once you get that, it's like riding a bike. You know, the first time you know, put on a bike and all of a sudden, you know, an hour later, oh, this is easy. I think I recommend that with discs, too. I think people should throw a light disc for a while and say, oh, I get it. I understand how this works. And then they pull out. But a lot of people start with real heavy stuff. It actually takes them longer to understand how to throw it because, you know, their meat hooks are turning this and that. Um, so my advice to people is always start with something lighter and just move up from there. But it's an interesting story how I actually got into competing in disc golf because uh, this is another Kirkland story. I uh, was on campus and at Syracuse and there was a little ad in the paper and Kirkland and Malfrani were doing halftime shows for the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, there was an ad saying uh, Kirkland's coming to campus. He's going to do a, a demo on, on the quad. And he needed someone to be his assistant, so to speak. 
And uh, now Flash could have done it. He was a pretty accomplished player, but he uh, told me about it. He said, show up at 8.30 on Saturday morning on a certain day, and you're going to do a tryout. Well, I show up that morning, and three other guys are there, and Kirkland's thrown back and forth with us, and he's uh, trying to figure out who he wants to do this demo for with. And these other guys were pretty good, but I knew I was better with them, and I was, you know, this was kind of going on a little too long. So I I kind of I caught one between my legs, flicked it to him right in his hands at about you know 30 yards. And he just looked at me, he goes, You <laughs> I said, Okay, I guess I'm doing the demo. And I thought there'd be like 50 people out there, you know, a little fun thing like that. A thousand people showed up, man. All of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this is like crazy. And so we had the big circle of people. I'm in the middle. I'm not really just I'm pretty much just catching and throwing back to him. He's doing all the talking and all the all the fun stuff. But it was just like, wow, this is incredible. So then I said, okay, this is actually something. I'm going to start going to tournaments. And that's kind of how it all started. That was mid-70s, you know, 76, 75, something like that. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that's kind of how I got started in competition. Because until then, I was like a lot of other people. Frisbee competition, what's that? You know, there's so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, um, what do you think about it now? What's the state of disc golf for you i mean i know for me the easy answer is god it's just amazing i mean i get to watch disc golf every weekend and you know i, I my thing now is that yeah it's huge you know all that stuff was the golden days you know just like baseball players in 1840 and football players in 1875 you know it was like we were just sort of the, the, the first generation and uh you know we just loved it it was like our life it was a religion almost and it was a community a family we all knew each other all over the country we still stay in contact a lot of us you know we all anytime one of us passes we kind of like you know have zoom meetings and talk about what they did this and that so um that was great but the main thing about it is that we all found something that was really special to us and what i like now is i'm seeing you know like chrissy and meredith and people they're you know they're younger and it became their thing and it's like seeing their enthusiasm you know, the same way that we had it back then. It's just that energy is just really fun to watch. And, you know, for us older guys, you know, that young feeling of this is so fun and new, it's, you know, it's a little bit worn off. I mean, you know, it's, you know, in a way, but seeing other people have that vibe still is uh, just a very positive thing. And I think that's what keeps us older guys in it really, you know, it's not so much the competition. Uh, combination, I'd have to say. Because I definitely got that infection um, at Texas States a couple of years ago, and had a couple of touring guys stay with me, and and uh, and their the whole hangout for you know a week, and uh, and I was like, wow, I got really got the bug. That's kind of what got me back into it was seeing that young energy, you know. Just I remember that feeling, you know. <laughs> so there's that, but yeah, and then it's just you know competition, like you said. No, I do like the competition. The the practicing and just throwing for fun is, is kind of worn off a little bit, but it's still fun being in a competitive situation. And the one thing great about disc golf is that you can do it pretty much. I always tell younger players, look, take care of your bodies, take care of yourself. This is going to last a long time. If you 50, 60 years, if you really just take care of yourself, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, it's a lifetime sport. It really is. Not all disc sports are, but but disc golf definitely is. So that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Just recently saw 
I guess it was a Jomez. They had some old old lady throwing about 90 years old. And uh, my mom, I used to bring my basket home out to West Texas and, and uh, she'd get out there and she was pretty athletic in her day. She liked it. You know, she would always putt with me at something I'll never forget. Well, do you guys, did you guys see that um, uh, video post a while ago, that hundred year old guy who broke the distance record in golf or something. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I only have 33 more years and I'm going to break that record. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have one of our followers who does a wonderful job down in Gonzales, Texas, who actually has a group of uh, senior citizens that she teaches get disc golf to, uh, Christiani, and she is wonderful, and she posts stuff of the ladies down there, too, and they just love it, and like she says, it allows them all to be so active. Like you said, it's a long walk in the park most of the time for most of us, a social atmosphere where we get to have conversation with our friends. And, you know, not a lot of phone interaction, not a lot of digital anything. It's just you one-on-one or one with three or four other people where you get to have good conversations, good times, a wonderful walk and some exercise. And at the same time, as Hemi pointed out, if you still want to be competitive, you can be. So don't let Hemi fool you. He's still competitive against them MPOs. He still likes going after them boys. So he's not that old yet. No, no. Hemi is a great disc golfer, man. Great. Yeah, we all find that out. Trust me. Yeah. 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 Hey, you, know, you obviously you. didn't see my last couple of rounds. But. Yeah. yeah nah, don't, don't look at mine either. I'm <laughs> a, I'm going below the Mendoza line. Remember the Mendoza line in baseball? It was like, if you're batting below 200 or something, 200. right? I'm like about to hit that in disc golf, I think, but that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Hey, I, I've plunged down there before and I, I know what it, it feels like. To be less I beat than, him. Less he than human. So bad I beat it. <laughs> yes. it. Just takes one thousand rated round to jack you back up immediately. Yeah. Hey, well, speaking of, it's, speaking it, about, there, there are few and far between. Lately. I know. Yeah. But, I, it's been a while for me. Hey, speaking of that enthusiasm <laughs> thing, just this week, I was flying here to Seattle on Alaska Airlines and I put my disc scrap bag up in the, up in the overhead. And, you know, get my seat, whatever. And, you know, about 10 minutes later, one of the air stewards, his name was Marshall, he comes over and goes, are you a disc golfer? And I go, yeah, he goes, I saw your bag up there. And he comes down with his little travel pack of six discs. He plays uh-huh. all the cities they land in. And, hey, you know, I got a couple of beers and a couple of Baileys. <laughs> and he was a great guy. And it was like, uh, it was, we talked disc golf whenever he had a minute. It was just really fun. And it, those are the kind of things that, like, to kind of keep you like, okay, people are into this. And it's, 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 it's like, it's, it's a positive thing for people really is. So it that is. was kind of cool for that to happen. Well, you know, a- I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So you are in basically like control, the open at belt and the disc golf pro tour silver series that comes through during the Texas swing. That's your baby, right? I started the, the open in Woodville. Um, uh, I guess it's our going on our eighth year coming up or wow. was this our eighth year? Some, it was 2015. And uh, I found a little course up in East Texas. I bought some baskets. I put a, a course in there because I love the place so much. And and then uh, Texas State, oh, no, no, Waco came around. And the weekend after Waco, there was nothing going on. I go, oh, my God, I'm going to grab this weekend. So I put the B tier up and Wasaki showed up because those guys didn't really have anything to do right then. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, we're here from Texas waiting for states. Let's uh, let's go to Neil's tournament. You know, I kind of knew those guys from other tournaments, and uh, 
it was a beautiful, beautiful property, hilly, old, old former ball golf course, um, beautiful cathedral trees. It was an amazing place. But the funny story was that uh, I was really happy to have Ricky there, but um, uh, I told all the vendors that they could use this old broken down um, uh, porch, you know, deck area to put their vending on. We only had like five or six vendors. And it was, it was, I said, well, only the vendors are going to be allowed up here. So Ricky comes up to me after winning the tournament. He goes, Hey, Neil, can I bend over here? I go, yeah, but not on the porch. You have to go on the parking lot. So of course, Ricky's in the parking lot, you know, uh, but Ben's on the ground. Everyone's around him. No one's on the deck. So it was like, okay, that was kind of a mess. Of stuff. Hey, but he won the open again this year. He's our first repeat winner at Belton this year. So nice. yeah, no, he's a great guy. And uh, we had a real good tournament this year. And uh, the, the pro tour came around, uh, gave us like 90 days, you know, Hey, we want you this year. And me and Jim Hudson and a uh, bunch of other people, we put a big crew together. <laughs> University of Mary Hart and Baylor jumped in. The city was amazing. Putting grandstands up fencing. Yes. It was just a big, big, group effort it was, a, it was yeah and I know last year's was in like October November so you guys only had a three or four month turnaround to uh to catch your breath and then go at it again <laughs> well we we were the open at Belton was the the next tournament up when COVID hit we literally yeah. had the port of, yeah. we had one day to decide to get the port of sands delivered and nothing was called off yet we got them delivered wrote the check for five or six hundred dollars and the porta potties, and then a day later, everything's called off. So, um, you know, it's like, oh man, we, you know, because we couldn't stop. We didn't know if it was going to happen, so we had to keep going. So we were yeah. the we were the event that was the cut, the bigger event, you know, the yeah. eight tier. That was the cutoff. I, I remember personally sending you a message and being like, please don't cancel it, please, yeah, please. <laughs> we were getting a lot of those, but you know, we had to do what we had to do. Yeah. So Hindsight. now, one thing the PDJ did. Yeah. One of the things that PJ did that I thought was cool, they lowered the, even though we made the full added cash for a normal A tier, they did lower it by $1,000 as far as a requirement, realizing that a lot of the tournament directors had already spent money and all that. And everybody understood all that. But yeah, we ended up having to split the AMs out. So we essentially ran that tournament in a logistics sense. Then we ran the AMs in June. Then we ran the pros. Then we ran the pros again this spring. So it was, it was a tough year for uh, Jim Hudson and I and our crew. And uh, it was a lot, a lot of work. And I, I think the TDs all over the world are the unsung heroes of the sport of disc golf. I mean, I don't think people really realize how much work it is, how many, you know, and the better job you want to do, it's hard not to do more work. Um, you know, it's almost like Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance where you just try to make things perfect all the time. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, TDs, man, if you don't thank your TD and realize what they're going through, and, you know, just, and you complain about things, I, you know, it's just, I don't think you really get it. So um, yeah. here's to all the TDs out there. God bless you. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, we so. preach that all the time. From the beginning of this uh, venture that we've had here, a few things that we've always pointed out is how much the TD really does for the tournament and how, how demanding the players are of, the TDs as well. And without the understanding that really 90%, if not more of these people do not make a cent off of it. And most of them spend money out of their own pocket, regardless of how much time they've already invested as well. So 
The unsung mm -hmm. heroes are those tournament directors, their assistants, the volunteers. Those people are what, you know, and, and I think down here, I'm going to go ahead and say this. We do a really good job of trying to recognize these people while the tournament's going on, after the tournament's done, and, and try to point them out, not just here at the Fling Show, but I'm talking about a, as a group of players. They really try to give everybody the, their props on how much work and how much they really appreciate it. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's so important. Yeah, it's, it's way more important than people can possibly imagine. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, uh, so I appreciate you guys you know, keeping that in the forefront of people's thoughts. That's, that's great. Cause it's important that people understand that. Yep. Awesome. So what else we got? I got lots of stories. <laughs> I want to well, know how you got PDGA number 200, because I feel like it's my recollection that you weren't actually the exact 200th member. Is that right? No. Well, okay. Yeah, you're right. They were at 196. <laughs> I got okay. a call. I was at college at Syracuse. Of course, it wasn't cell phones. My landline rings. I don't even know how we could afford to pay for a phone back then. We were all starving college students. I think all my roommates were gone for some, it was either some holiday, um, you know, uh, it was either spring break or over Christmas. It's 19, late 1976, I think. That's why I always tell everybody that's the best I can remember. I stayed <laughs> at college that year. And uh, the phone rings and uh, someone on the other line, it might've been Ed Hedrick. I really don't remember whoever was calling people. might've been Stork. I'm not even sure. Probably Hedrick because he was, it was the PDJ. And they go, hey, Neil, uh, you know, we went down this list of all these players who played in the Rose Bowl and Lace tournaments and we got to you. I guess I, I was number 196 on the pecking order, which is fine. But uh, um, they go, hey, you got to join this organization if you want to play in these big tournaments from now on, blah, blah, blah. I go, I go, well, I guess so. And they go, we're at 196. That's going to be your number. And I go, can I have 200? Because I'm probably never going to need this again. At least I can remember it. And so <laughs> they said, sure. They gave me 200. I sent them the $10. And I still have my little card, temporary card. You know, so that's how I got 200. You're right. I was not right on 200. Wow. wow. That's going to be 196. <laughs> little secret. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I can't even. Now they're gonna call me Mister One Ninety Six, right? Yeah, uh, One Ninety Six. I don't even remember yeah. my phone I'm number, but I remember my PDGA number for some reason. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do forget the phone. Yeah, that number was a lot of sometimes. fun. <laughs> well, Neil, thanks for coming on. It's been great um, talking with you, and and we'll have to have you back again. I know there's more uh, to tell, but um. Thank you so much for what you do, for everything you do in the sport. Hey, and, thank and you guys for inviting person. me. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I'll uh, I'll uh, catch up with you guys down the fairway a bit. You bet. Right on. All right. Thanks. Thanks See for spending some time with Bye. us. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. You bet. Wow, that was amazing. Again, once again. Another home run that we get here at the Fling Show. Just some things that are so unexpected. Once again, I'd like to give a shout out to one of our wonderful uh, viewers, Jim the Beast Backus, who was the one who also kind of led us down this directory. Get Neil on. Thank you so much, Jim, as well. Uh, Hemi, I mean, once again, being able to have a conversation with people like that who who brought this game from where it was to where it is now, it's just wonderful to see, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. And uh, just doing the research and, and having Neil point me to, uh, you know, what's going on with the PDGA. I mean, you can really go back in time and see who's out there. These people that, you know, that are, they're getting older and, you know, a lot of them aren't around. I mean, Ed's not around, you know, um, uh, I know Dan Roddick is, and uh, it's cool to see all these names up there fighting you know in those uh in those matches out there and you know there weren't i don't think there was a you know like seven tournaments in one metroplex in one weekend like there is now i mean you got just cross town you got tournaments going on mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you just look on the pdj website and it's just it's nuts the amount of tournaments i think that eventually the pdga is gonna have to like you're gonna have to be able to filter by like state or something because even trying to scroll through and just find the tournaments in your area it's crazy how many tournaments there are yeah yeah it, it is it's it's almost um it's it's ripe for a new kind of layout yes because you, know? you start scrolling it and you're like god i'm like scrolling three months here or it seems like it you know it's like yeah um, yeah you have to go to that like oh that was just one weekend <laughs> Yeah, go to the advanced search portion, and then it allows you to go by state. But I would like for them to put that up front instead yeah, of you have to kind of go into the. There's a little tiny key up on the right hand side. It says advanced. Go into okay. that, and then you go into state because that was. And sometimes when you say even when you scroll down, like I was looking for the cutthroat and a couple other tournaments, they weren't even on there. But then when I hit state to Texas, then it was right there populated for me. And maybe a glitch, I'm not sure, but it was a little bit confusing as well. And I agree with you. There's so many tournaments all over the state of Texas. Sometimes I, in Texas, you may have to do it by regions. I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, I mean, you it's know, just... uh, Neil probably knows a little bit about that, <laughs> about that PDJ stuff. We should, we should be asking him. Um, but how about this one? How about just leave the ratings on so I don't have to turn them on every time I go. <laughs> does that bother anybody i mean it's not a bothersome it's just every oh, time you look at scores you're oh, gonna you have to immediately show round click, yeah the round ratings you're gonna click show round rate. just move them on i would agree with that yeah mm-hmm. or or at least start with it on and then i could click it off if, i mean there's really no time <laughs> what <laughs> what what did that say neil was go like, <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. Okay. I'll see you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it, Neil. (laughs) I got to go. Got to go. That was awesome. Well, I feel like the Neil, I feel like the Neil interview was just kind of like a starting point. Like now we know what to ask and and uh you know how to I think Chrissy had some pretty good sleuthing questions there. That was pretty that was good, but there's just so much. With the history, I mean, you're talking 1976 was the first wow. thing that I clicked on today. And I was thinking I was 12 years old and, hmm. you know, throwing at light poles. I had no idea there was a disc golf. So, yeah. Amen Pretty to cool that. stuff. Pretty cool. Pretty stuff. cool. Well, looking hey, forward to next next week. Um, as, go ahead, Chris. No, no, go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead, Demi. Uh, just a. Uh, you know, looking forward to next week. I know that um, I posted I'll be doing some a hiatus on the on the social media and uh, for the next month or so. Just kind of, you know, 
I'll uh, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I, I kind of want you on next week though, because I think yeah, that'd be well, a really good thing for Gorilla. I'll pop on. I'll pop on you. for sure. I, I just uh, yeah, I'm not going to be too involved, you know, with the online presence. Really, just deleting my apps for a month and see what happens. But I'll come around, and I can't miss that that one, you know. No way, because Freddie. He definitely wants to, yeah. And I've already told Freddie as well, we're going to uh, get him on. I can't wait to have Freddie on and Robert. Like I said, give a little insight to when we met him. Didn't we meet him down at the Greater Houston Open that Griff yeah. threw? Yeah. Was that last year or the year before? The year before, I think. And I That's played in the Open. Yeah, I played yeah. in the Open. And um, I can't remember uh, Evergreen. Anyway. It was, it was Evergreen. Um, anyway. Yeah, so I played with Burge a couple of times, and then uh, most recently out at uh, River Grove, and uh, you know saw him throwing that berg on a lot of shots. And uh, I know that if the wind was up, he was going to be doing some damage with that berg. He really but, but was. Yeah. It didn't surprise me. I mean, I'm I'm really happy for him, but it wasn't like, oh, cool, look. <laughs> I was like, I kind of expect it, and I've uh, seen how he plays. You know, he's he's good. Yeah, I think it's oh, pretty yeah. much solidified. He is the yeah. up and comer right now. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie can still give him a game though. I well, I'm just saying coming from the am am side of it, Freddie's already up up there playing on lead cards at you know A tiers and winning A tiers and stuff. So right, right. He's already kind of established. I think you know he gets a lot of respect from the you know Bradley Williams and you know people know who Freddie is and and mm -hmm. now they'll know Robert. <laughs> <laughs> for sure oh right. yeah no right. doubt but yeah congrats. i kind of wanted to, to talk to ask chrissy and mary something i had an opportunity i got a, a strange phone call a couple of weeks back from jay uh from yeti and he wanted us to come and do a film of his clinic that he and des were doing down in humble texas uh on a, a monday right before the nacogdoches open and unfortunately things didn't work out because he couldn't get the okay to have it filmed because people didn't have the right to the time to go ahead and sign off and uh, being filmed and on camera for all the people who had already committed to uh, being there for the, for the event. But he did bring up a, a, a point and I'm glad and Chrissy and Meredith were talking about this earlier with y'all's clinic as well. And, and especially Chrissy, when you said, you know, sometimes that one day event where you're going over four and five different uh, 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 disciplines, whether it be a flick backhand, forehand, putting up shots, whatever it may be, is that he wanted to get these things all on film, done professionally, or you know the way we do them, as professionally as we are, uh, and, professional -ish. and so people have those to take home with them, or have those as referral moments to come back. And I think that'd be a great opportunity with the ladies, with both Meredith and Chrissy, to be able to get y'all in an environment like that where you're giving the information. Maybe no one's there. Maybe five people there. Maybe ten or people there. Or Fifty. Who knows? But still, we can record that so they can take that back with them and kind of go, "Oh yeah, I don't remember." Oh, Meredith said, "Don't sweat the small ones. Step up to it. Shoot it with confidence." You know, Chrissy with the flicks. You know, something that allows them to trigger it back and forth. So I'm glad y'all brought that up because I think that'd be something that we could definitely do for both of y'all too in the future when you do do these events for the ladies as well. So just wanted to throw that out there, Jay, and reach out to us for that. And I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. Definitely. No doubt. Absolutely. Also, uh, 
This weekend, we have the Northside uh, membership drive at Northside Christian Church. So um, you can pre-register. You can sign up day of, but come on out. Yes, we can. Some beautiful new tags. When is that? Saturday? Saturday. It's only one round. Sign up's 9, 9.30. See up around 10. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Beat the heat. Try to. Yeah. We'll try to. Bring an umbrella. Yeah. If anything I had to tell to Mr. Fennel, and while I know that the worlds were coming up soon, this kind of was one of those timing things. February. Do the event in February. It was just way <laughs> too hot. June, July, and I know it's a timing issue, but Hemi and I, when we started Fling Show and did those match plays, we realized that first summer when we did those match plays, that was just no way to go about it. What are you fun for the, the – I mean, I know it was fun for the competitors, but I know for us, it just takes so much out of you. But uh, I, if anything, I had to say to Chris, February. <laughs> Yeah. You just had to have enough beverages like being me and Meredith. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk to Meredith afterwards. So, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Meredith, I did find the tags. I did find the tags that I forgot. Remember, I gave you two boxes instead of three. So, I had, I kept the one through 50. So, if there's a few tags missing there, eh, yeah. Mm hmm. Wow. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Chris Fennel, for what you did for the cutthroat. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. See you February. Yeah, I can't wait till to see the juniors. This uh, Is it next weekend or weekend after? But I still cannot wait for that event. I guess they'll be on Jomez as well, so you'll have some disc golf to watch <laughs> if you watch anything at all. That's all right. awesome. Be, I, I'm, I'm – I'm going with that's my version of television, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delete the YouTube. I'm gonna have to watch some disc off. There'll right. just be no no social media. Yeah. Still gotta be entertained. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, well, thank y'all so much. That was awesome, Chrissy. Wonderful time this weekend. Your mom and dad are awesome. Love the dogs. Great time. Him, it was a great time playing out there uh, at nighttime with you guys as well. Uh, really had a fun, fun time. Elizabeth loved it. And you know, as well as I do, she never gets out whatsoever. So it was a pleasure to get her finally out and about. She was so disappointed that Meredith wasn't there, but she wanted to kind of make it a surprise. So that's why I didn't tell anybody she was coming. Uh, it was a great time. I was so happy. You know, Elizabeth <laughs> and I have a lot of interaction with each other um, on my Color Street business page. And so I finally, finally, <laughs> Time got to put to put a face to a name, and that was amazing. That was so much fun. I know she had a fun time chatting with my folks. Uh, so yeah, yeah. She says she talks to your mother more than she talks to you. She said they <laughs> go back and forth all the time. I didn't even know that until we get in the car. And she goes like, "Yeah, I talk to her mother all the time." I go, "Oh, wasn't she nice?" She goes, "Well, I know her. Just never met her." <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I, hey, that's one good thing to come out of social media. I think. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's no doubt. awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and there are there are really some really good things uh, about it. Let me just explain my why I'm going there with this. It's just like some some things, some things that you do, you know, you feel like, uh, you know, I discovered the screen time section of your iPhone. 
and you can you can monitor yourself and i'm like this is ridiculous this is mm -hmm. nuts you know it's like how much facebook do you need in a day mm -hmm. so it's kind of a, a cleansing we'll see what happens wish me luck we will think i'll be all right without facebook I think you'll be better. <laughs> get that, get that out of the head right there. Yeah. On my phone, it's it, it gives me. I was on my phone an hour and forty four minutes for the full week. That's really good. I'm jealous. I, and that's why when like people Chris. call me, they're like you never answer your phone. It's like I don't. It's not my thing. Just I just. Like my grandma used to say, "If you know me, you know how to get a hold of me." You know. Yeah. I always kind of look at it, but I think it's going to do you wonders, Sammy. I actually thought you were already doing it, so. No, I was cheating. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, and I was cheating, so that's when I said, this is ridiculous. I might have to see a Facebook counselor or something. <laughs> but All right. I'll be fine. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed right. hanging out with you again. I had... Sorry, I was late. My computer was crashed, and I, it took me forever to unlock it. I actually had a theme song to, tonight ready, so I'll, I'll get that ready for you. <laughs> for and I week. also was able to save those videos. I say I was able to save one of the videos that y'all took this weekend at Cutthroat. I just wasn't able to edit it at all. The other two, the one with that long pot, I wasn't able to save that, so I'm going to have to get it saved. So I'll have that for next week is my goal, to have that for sec next week to be able to that, capture that. Because him, he hit a 100-footer. I don't know if you saw it, but that was amazing. And now he hit it. He called He it even called it. Was, what, was <laughs> funny is, what was funny is I, I turned the live feed on, and I said, I want you to film this, our first birdie. Yep. And then I handed it to Meredith. But what was funny after that was how – cutthroat was demonstrated because <laughs> it was brutal they had they had a uh what was it a cancel, cancel shot. shot and then we had a cancel card and then they threw another cancel shot thinking they had us and uh, we threw another cancel card <laughs> and oh that my. was the end of that you know what they still had a trade shot you remember that they played it on the next hole remember i parked uh 16 after that and then and uh, and then he threw his disc about 20 feet and i was still thinking you should have thrown it off to the t-pad he was know, nice compared to these other nice stories and then he pulls the trade shot on us so that um the first part before we got to that t-pad was all illustrated on that the rest of the video after the putt which is really funny i think you capture the whole moment you might need some subtitles but we did have one amazing thing happen. Well, actually, kind of a couple of things. Two things. One, I cannot believe that the eight, well, out of the three aces that were hit, one guy hit his first ace ever on hole 14, the basket that had no, no chains. chains. <laughs> and it was a small basket, not even a regular sized basket. Yeah. He hit an ace from 310 away with no chains. Amazing. But the funniest thing was on Matt and my card, we, we had we got fortunate enough to play with Lone Star Disc only, Travis Dillard, and Jordan Kessner, our winner of our one of our match plays. So we're warming up on 15. I'm standing behind Travis. Travis lets one go in hole 15. And right when it passed the trees, I go, that's going to go in. And smashed right into the chains. So he had an ace before the turn, the, like two shots before we even started the tournament. It was the uh funniest Jordan was so mad. He was cussing at him. He was like, why? What are you wasting it for? 
<laughs> literally right out of his hands. I'm like, that's going to go in. And everybody around started laughing. It was so funny. I got a picture of it. I'll have to share it. But it was funny. An ace that didn't count. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, you know what's really cool is that every single one person that aced gave the money back to the player or to the mm -hmm. to the cause. Oh, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's funny too, because I was sitting there right before the tea party and talking to Trahan. <laughs> 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 you gotta explain that because so I heard right about before it, the tea party hilarious. the person you told me watched y'all and literally they they made me laugh they were laughing so hard it was good it was a good sequence uh meredith was total you know flight attendant on her throws she was <laughs> on point especially the first one it didn't she, it didn't move it didn't drip at all and then i tried to go for the the gusto and every shot and i spilled it on every shot we took a seven they took a two they took a two we took a seven because you, you had to hold a teacup in your off hand while you threw and from what i was told there were two teacups that had water in them and if anything spilled a drop spilled then you ended up getting an extra stroke for that stroke and then you got to yeah. keep going you know you got to keep throwing <laughs> And someone bid a hundred dollars just to make y'all do this, right? Uh, yeah. Um, which guy? I get. I can't remember which. Tommy. Uh, Tommy, who tied with like having the most. Who was yeah card. most spent? Basically, he spent most the most. Spent. Oh yeah, he spent the most. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he really shelled it out, and even told me, you know, he kind of set it up. Um, he was like, I, you're not going to outbid me. <laughs> I was like, he was hoping okay. you were AP because he wanted to do it all to AP. <laughs> I should have kept going. He probably would have bid more. But anyway, we were already well out of it. So it really didn't matter the money. You know, it was more about giving the kids the money. And I, I was kind of deer in the headlights. And running. I'm like, well, I'm supposed to bid this guy up. <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to do here. Okay, I'll go 85, whatever. Anyway, yeah, so they he, spent 50 on ours and they attacked us. Both groups started bidding at each other. Matt and I didn't say a word. So we thought, hey, if we don't say a word, maybe they won't do it to us. No. They just <laughs> bid each other up and then they still picked us. I was like, well, and we were out of it. Matt and I looking at each other like, we're already like five down. What is, what's, <laughs> but yeah, they, they, it was, it was attack the fling show, I think is what it was. So 150 bucks was spent on just attacking all four of us just so you know so it was money well spent i'm glad it went to the juniors it was fun they gave us some kind of tomahawk thing that had a little mini in it and we had to flick it so matt flicked his pretty well he's like hey you can flick it pretty well you flick it pretty hard so i said okay i go to flick mine literally went like five feet to the right into the dirt i mean it was like and everybody started laughing i was like what can you do you can't do anything about it you know so but at least it was for money that was well spent. Yeah, good job, Fennels. Yeah. Fun event, for sure. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for joining us again, Chrissy. Yeah, my pleasure. Looking forward to next week. And All uh, right. Y'all have a good week. So while, right. it's in the, while it's hot, still go throw something in the air and play Peace. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.